I realized you go higher, you go even more alone. I had the idea, I will, you want to reach more people, somehow it's gonna, it's gonna be easier for you because maybe people are somehow gonna help you up on the way. I don't know what type of, but it's not like this. We've had a lot of people reach out and ask how you personally have tolerated loneliness in your life when you've been on these sort of journeys. I felt like walking up a mountain. Why? Because the higher I walk the mountain, the more I can speak out and the whole valley is going to hear it. You can't see the proper light <laughs> if you have never indulged in the very, very deepest dark times. Master Shihong Yi has been on this journey of being the headmaster of the Shaolin Temple Europe for a long time now. So that's why I wanted to sit down and have a quiet conversation with Master Shihong Yi. Today's video was powered and sponsored by Huel, a quick, affordable, nutritionally complete source of food with everything that your body needs. But before that, Master Shihong Yi's take on loneliness, his experience with loneliness and how he's dealt with it. Let's dive into the episode. I feel this is a silly question to ask, actually, for the for the uh, seventh time, possibly eighth time. But just in case there is somebody who's watching, just introduce yourself. <laughs> so my name is Shihong Yi. I'm the headmaster here of the Shaolin Temple Europe, located in Germany. And approximately since 11 years, I'm trying out a lot of different ways how to get a very important message out to the people who are interested in knowing what uh, type of lifestyle this is about and what type of message it is I would like to share. And yeah, just uh, to encapsulate sort of the message and what that means. Not just by the fact that I was born in an Asian family, but I realized about myself that already in early ages, I didn't engage too much in external communication, meaning I was not really engaging also in too much social activity because sometimes people say I'm more introverted. Looking more, dealing more with the world which is happening inside of me, the world of thoughts, the way how I feel. And so I just started to dive into this world of how is that connection, for example, between how do I feel? What are the baseline of thoughts that are like allowing these feelings to arise? And ultimately also, how do these feelings, how do my thoughts afterwards relate to, let's say, the way how I can perform in this world physically wise? And there I just discovered that a lot of A lot of potential, a lot of possibilities that ultimately you are able to express in this world. For example, through the body, speaking about the performance in the martial art, speaking about the development that you can go through when you are training the martial arts. Well, the mindset 100% matters. But what type of mindset it is? These are the things that were interesting to me. And so I dived into different philosophies, tried out different things, got in touch with different teachers, always with the emphasis, how can I use knowledge, knowledge which starts in the mind, 
but ultimately to translate it into, let's say, physical performance. So, but I did it exactly like I said for many years, mainly relating all of these practices to um, the martial art field. But at the same time, I also felt like all the principles, everything that I have discovered along this way, I think these are basic fundamental principles that all humans, regardless of what type of activity you are doing, there is something about the same about all of us. And so that means it felt like you slowly start to discover something which is, which is not just related to your life, but you see actually it is something which is relating to so many other people's lives as well. And so my idea was, how can I try to translate what I see, to translate what I discovered into a language that even a non-martial artist, somebody who has nothing to do with Shaolin, can also understand, integrate it into his or her um, individual life, and then just see and experience by themselves, there is some truth behind it. And when you have a certain guideline, when you have some values, when you have some principles underlying or underlining your lifestyle, it becomes very, very helpful and also gives you many different possibilities of slowly adjusting the way of life that you're living. Yes, and this is what I think. It is so good to make it simple. It is so good, it is so simple. But if nobody in this world ever told you something like this is existing, something like this is possible, then it's, uh, you're missing out on something. You know? And there is the same way how we jump back again. Why is it called like different generation? No matter what. Because our previous generations, they already gathered so much experience that in the best case, this type of knowledge can be passed on to the next generation. Meaning it doesn't take a lifetime anymore to get to a certain amount of knowledge which is useful for your way of life. Which means if you would base your life like this, you already start off by taking, first of all, into consideration the experience of your seniors, the experience of the grandmasters and the grandfathers, the experience of the masters and your fathers. First of all, just take it, just listen. There is nothing to discuss there. After you've taken it, then with this knowledge, you walk now through your individual life and always think about what did they tell you. So maybe the solution is already there. You don't need to figure it out by yourself. If the solution is not there, well, then it is good for you to now expand your, the, yeah, the amount of tools that you have in the toolbox of yours. But we don't always need to reinvent the wheel new and new again. Yes. And so this is the whole idea. 
why I think sometimes in this world it's necessary if people know something, if people possess something that can benefit more people. I think it should be shared, especially, especially when it is not even pushed upon people. For me, I always see it like I can sleep well if I know that I have invested our time today, for example, producing all of these things. Yeah, but with which intention? In order that one day this message is going to be out. And whoever has the question, it's possible he sees our videos, he sees our message. If somebody doesn't ask the question, there's no problem, but it's out there. At least we know it is out. And this is the whole emphasis. It was incredible, actually, the response we had with the martial arts and the, and the talks that you've done on the body and controlling the body. How many people used those clips as inspiration to lift weights, to go running, to um, gardening, to swimming? It was absolutely fascinating to see how many people associated with the disciplines of the martial arts. Can you shed a little bit more light how people can apply it to, specifically one of the biggest ones was weightlifting. We had a huge amount of weightlifters using those sounds to be, feel inspired and to use them sort of as guidance for their own training. One sentence I also mentioned in many previous videos was, it's not important what you do. It's not important if it is swimming, if it is weightlifting, if it is yoga, if it is dancing, if it is playing football, or if it is Kung Fu or martial arts. The only reason why I always come back using examples coming from the field of martial arts is because I'm a martial artist. But I am a martial artist. This is like on the outside what my daily life, let's say, is built upon. But I'm a martial artist, but inside of me is the search for answers. And meaning that my content, what is driving me on, is always the search for discovering new possibilities, discovering new limits also. This is like maybe the, the most appropriate way. I am happy if I discover limits. This can be physical limits, it can be limits in terms of strength, it can be limits in terms of your level of stamina, it can be limits in terms of the amount of your flexibility. Because always when I hit them, I know this is my next project. This is the next area in my life right now, which is directly being mirrored in front of my eyes. This is your limitation. You have not went beyond that yet. And so on the one side, this is motivating to me, but on the other side, it also just cultivates this constant, this constant drive, this constant fire. And why do I think fire is as important as water is? Just to say it right away. But it is that fire that nourishes us to do things. Fire is the active part about us. 
And when somebody asks me, how was it possible to build up all of these things? How come now, nowadays there's so much available about all these things? Well, then certainly laziness is not in there. You know, and why sometimes I look so serious when I do my training? Why are you always so serious? Because when in the field of martial arts you want to achieve something serious, you need to be serious. You can't achieve something seriously impactful if you're joking around and if you're losing your focus all the time and if nothing is important in a way to you, you know. So that means setting priorities, knowing when is the time to invest the energy, when it is the time to release energy, when is it good now to recover, when are you really feeling this is now starting to be the limit. These are all very, very fine aspects that only you know. Only you know about yourself. When you lift the weights, only you know. People outside watching, they don't know if you're going through a struggle, if you're just warming up, they don't know. So that means to continuously integrating an internal dialogue into your practices. An internal dialogue once you're swimming, an internal dialogue when you're lifting weights, an internal dialogue when I practice my Kung Fu. It doesn't mean I'm talking to myself but it means the awareness is with myself. I can feel the changes throughout the practice that are happening inside of my body. I can feel if something is blocked, I can feel if there is potential to release some energy somewhere and invest it somewhere else. This is like this whole idea of an internal practice, a quiet practice. And so it is the how, in which mindset are you doing the things that you are doing? I think this is what matters. And at the end, it is insight. You gain more insight into yourself. What is the result? More performance. More being able to tickle the potential out that is, let's say, sleeping inside of you. But you need to realize what is sleeping. And this is the whole point, you know, it's getting more and more digital, everything. The fact is you wake up in the morning. I would easily say many, many people, first thing they do is directly look either on the phone or whatever. It's a common thing. It's not about good or bad, it's about consequence. And if the morning is already starting with your awareness being drawn out to something which is pretty irrelevant on the long term, then of course the way of how you're living your life is also going to um, display upon that. And this is where it comes to the fact of it doesn't matter what type of practice you're doing. It is the way that whatever it is, be aware of what's going on on the inside. Use this outside movements in order to get inside. Use all of this because of the repetition, because of the consistency that it is happening every day. This is why it's possible for you to watch deep. 
if, if circumstances are changing every day too quickly, it's difficult to find something stable about it. This is why repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah? It's like in the simple way of, of the process of learning. When I show you how a specific movement is done. Number one is I show you, you are watching me and I show you how it's done. So you are starting to copy me. Also having the first of all this dialogue inside of you, ah, okay, so now he's moving the left foot, so I also move my left, okay, now, ah, yes, now it's the right, then the left hand goes back, the right hand is in the front, now left hand goes to the right shoulder, there is this dialogue. Yeah? So you're starting to, you're already starting to actually rewire yourself in order to be able to copy me. But as long as your eyes are watching towards me, so as long as you are taking an outside example and trying to mirror it with yourself, it still means your awareness is not 100% yet with yourself because you always have to take my movements into consideration. But once you repeat this and practice this, one day I can disappear. You are just by yourself in front of the mirror and then you already know the movements. So the capacity of your mind to think about, okay, what needs to be done? What is the next step? It slowly starts to disappear. So the capacity of thinking about what to do disappears. And what replaces the thinking now? Maybe you would call it muscle memory. This is one way how to express it. And in Asia or in the martial arts, sometimes we say, well, meanwhile, the movement has went into flesh and blood. It has become part of your being. Now, once the movement, the technique, is part of your being, and the mind meaning is now free. Now you can use that mind in order to penetrate actually into what are you doing and start now. Now the way starts. Until then it was just an initiation, let's call it like this. I initiated that movement to you. First you need to learn it and now comes the time what is about you not about what other people expect from you. Now you have it. Now it's up to you to cultivate it. Yes? And that one gives insight because now the mind is free to discover many, many things that go on inside of there. And now it's not just about the, and the martial art movement. This principle of you think a lot about what needs to be done then it is being replaced and the mind is free. This now we apply to the, the life itself. This is the reason why waking up and thinking too much about what to do today, you don't even reach the state of being able to immerse into your daily life because you're still in figuring out 24 hours a day what to do. You're still thinking about your life. Yeah, but thinking is something different than experiencing, than sensing, than feeling life itself. This is why all these methods, stop thinking, meditate, discipline your thoughts. Stop thinking too much. Don't go into the past. Don't go into the future. Be in the present. Why? 
because only then it's possible that the mind is free, the capacity is free, and now you can completely immerse into whatever you are doing. And this means you have arrived. You have arrived. That's it. Um, you, you mentioned the morning quite a few times there, and the the idea of priming yourself for the day, or priming priming your mind, priming your body for the day. We have had, I think we spoke to you about sort of your morning routine and what you do, but is there something specific, like steps that people can follow when they wake up that they could go through that would prime them for the day and prepare them to be the best version of themselves? Let's start just with the basic idea of the day is about to come. I have maybe some goals I want to achieve, so nothing can be created if you don't have energy. So, simple way, how do we get energy? Watch your diet, watch your lifestyle concerning, I mean, relating to how many hours do you sleep, at what time are you going to bed, how much time are you spending outside on the sun, second area, and then also, for example, how are you how is your relation to your breath? These are the three ways. Breathing, lifestyle, and diet. So when I wake up in the morning, first of all, I think the majority of people that are out there, they have a house where they sleep, let's say. So the whole night you are breathing in, let's say, continuously air and oxygen, which is all the time in your room. So one simple way, how do I energize myself for the day, is if you have the possibility, you go out. Fresh air. Of course, put, put something warm on, you don't get sick, but like breathing-wise, go out on the fresh air. Open the window and then start, for example, your... your clean air breathing preparation deep conscious starting to pump up, start up fueling your system, your breathing system. Different ways, either really just slowly fill everything up, nine times, ten times, or other exercises, you breathe in through the left nose, Breathe out through the right. So the first thing is clean up your breathing apparatus, which means it is one of the three areas right now that I consciously choose to start the day. Breathing, bring in the energy. Okay, so number one, other people go running, one possibility. Number two, have a proper breakfast. Yes. And number three, which relates now to the lifestyle, is actually what I mentioned before already. Stop thinking too much about. Stop thinking too much. The fact of you thinking too much is already getting you off the road. 
Okay? And so these things are what comes all together. Waking up, preparing your body, waking up, eating the proper food, waking up and already stay in the mindset, taking into consideration that you know, watching on the phone too much, being distracted by sounds too much, being distracted by what's going on on the outside too much. This is not the way to go. Just stay in this observation mode, always watch yourself. Stay in this observation mode and then slowly, slowly you can start and you build up from the morning this energy level then. Yes, also I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but you just take the four seasons as an example. Okay, the 24 hours divided into four seasons, meaning there is a phase where energy starts to rise, which is like springtime. There is the point when your energy level reaches the highest peak. It is the summertime. Afterwards comes the season of slowly calming down, letting go, letting go, shutting down slowly your energy system, meaning don't push yourself unnecessarily until you are entering back into winter time. Things are now getting quiet and you can rest sleeping. And then next morning, the sun and the spring comes again. So it's a simple cycle. And now exactly this type of cycle you relate to now, to your 24 hour day. How could that possibly look? Which means, first of all, observe yourself when at the moment, at what point of the day are you having your highest peaks? When you feel this, when you know, when you sense the, the time where you are the most awake, the time where you feel the most vital, this is the time where you place all the heavy work in, all the productive work in, all the things that take energy. That is this time. But to feel already, oh no, my, my, my body, I'm slowly getting tired, I'm slowly starting to shut down, and then forcing yourself to do something. This is called draining yourself. Your actions, your behavior are in, are in opposition to what your energy system is doing. Yes. So, and on, when you're still young and you're still adaptable, all not an issue. On the long term, big issue. If energy system and the way of how you behave does not fit together, then this is what we call, you have a big internal conflict which is expressing in many different ways. This can be depression, can be of really uh, split personality, whatever it is. Now, why do you have this split personality? Because something about you is split. There's no harmony there. And these are like just things in general, regardless of what, what type of work you are doing during the day. Um, that I would like take, uh, that I would yeah, think about. I love that. Yeah, I think, um, I hope people take that into 2024. It's a, a wonderful way of breaking down the day. I love the concept of the seasons as well, broken into each day. Um, something I think we should 
try and live by, to be honest. Um, there is like a lot of talking points and different things I wanted to go through. And um, I think I wanted to start with some of the points that we had last year that captured millions and millions of people. And one of them was in this exact room. And the quote that you said, and I, I love it, and I, I, I want to get this printed on my wall somewhere, but it's the, the more you shine, the more shadows you cast. I make it very, uh, let's make it very graspable. I have always been a person who prefers harmony. I prefer harmony. If I was with my brother or my father and mother inside our apartment, I didn't like it when there is something in the air. I didn't like it when I feel, when I could sense conflict. I also didn't like it when in any group there is a type of conflict. And being exactly that person who is normally not talking a lot, I always try then to figure out, okay, what can I do in order to bring harmony into this group? Well, I jump now a little bit, but funnily also like from my Chinese zodiac, I'm a water pick. So if somebody wants to find out the qualities of a water pick, one of them is, I like harmony. Okay. So it has always been my, my, my trying out that everybody stays in harmony. But on the other side, I realized, especially now within the last years, it's getting an impossible task. I just realized for myself what I'm wishing for is impossible. Which means no matter with what type of intention I'm trying to bring out these things, I can very well understand why the suffering in this world, according to our Buddha who is sitting behind us, he said, it is greed, hate, and ignorance. That fits extremely well. The thing is, I can't change anything about the greed of other people. I can't change anything about the hate that people feel. I can only change something about myself. And yeah, and with this sentence, I just realized the higher I started to, it's a nice picture. I felt like walking up a mountain. Why? Because the higher I walked the mountain, the more I can speak out and the whole valley is going to hear it. That's why, in a way, it makes sense to be on top of the hill. Because from there, if you shout, the complete valley is going to hear it. At the same time, the higher you climb the mountain, the more difficult it becomes to breathe. So there's something which goes hand in hand there. You want to reach more people, okay? but at the same time, it's going to become more difficult. I had the idea, oh, well, you want to reach more people, somehow it's going gonna, it's gonna to be easier for you because maybe people are somehow going to help you up on the way. I don't know what type of, but it's not like this. I realize you go higher, 
you go even more alone. Why? Because nobody is willing anymore to invest their energy in going higher. Because it's becoming more difficult. They say, oh, it's, it's already okay here. Why you still want to move up there? The air is getting thinner over there. It's getting more hard to breathe. It's getting more dangerous, whatever. So that means along this way, the higher you want to go, the more likely you're going to walk alone. This is the next thing. And then I think back also in one sentence, I always remember again, along the way to mastery, you walk the way alone. This is not my sentence. I think it is a sentence I, I heard within the field of martial arts. Of course you can say, why? If you practice martial art with all of the passion that you have and other people also have passion, then the group becomes stronger. It makes it easier for you to stay on this field. It is one perspective, yes. But self-mastery, mastering something, is always about yourself. And if you want to master yourself, well, you're going to challenge and face yourself. And this is happening alone. It's also like recently, somebody told me, uh, yeah, in case I feel like in dark times, you are not alone. I don't, no, let's, let's put it like this. If this room is completely dark, I am alone. Even if somewhere behind there, I see a spark of light, I see a spark of hope, which is behind there. Yeah, but for me, experiencing here, there is still the gap of darkness in between me and the spark of hope. So around me, for me, it's dark. And I don't have anybody left and right for me. So, and in this picture, meanwhile, I really think that to build yourself up, to have a certain amount of, let's say, responsibility for yourself. This is why I'm emphasizing all the time in all of these years, make yourself strong. Make yourself strong. We all want peace, yes. But here, in our place, we do not just want to have peace. Peaceful and strong. This combination, I prefer better. Yeah. Uh, another quote that um, kind of captured millions of people again was, for something new to come, something old must go. Empty the cup. Perfect example. Like I also mentioned one of our conversations that I just arrived back from, from a travel, yes, from Montenegro. And coming back then to Germany, of course, I still have like elements and memories of that trip in my mind. Still as a normal human being wishing they would have stayed a bit longer. But as long as my capacity of the mind is there, I just can't immerse into what's happening now. And it's taken simply away my capacity of allowing even something 
tomorrow, the day after, the week after, even to arise. Because I'm still stuck with something that I don't want to let go. This is like a practical way. On the one side, you can really just argue by, listen, if from the 24 hours a day, you are like sleeping eight hours and you still have then the rest of 16 hours to invest in something. If from these 16 hours, you are spending 10 hours sitting there thinking about what, how nice everything was a few days ago, well, it's, it's, it's just blocking you from investing these 10 hours in now starting to do something now or planning something that you want to put into place later. This is like simple, uh, the, the, the simple expression of that. And now this is one aspect about why this topic of letting go, why the topic of emptying the cup is so helpful because it also applies to information flow at the end. Flow of if you want to learn something new. It's just not appropriate to go to a teacher, visit any seminar or any workshop when you already have like a preconditioned mindset or preoccupied mind while entering into new territory. To understand new territory, you have to become part of the territory. You can't bring your own ideas and values, what you think, into a new territory. And yeah, because this is in a way limiting what is possible to, to penetrate into you. Okay. And so again, also here, it applies to this fact. It's constant filling up, emptying the cup, filling up, emptying the cup. Doesn't mean you are not learning or that you're not growing along the way, because this is what the cup is doing. The cup is growing by doing so, but it is the content. It is like, Yes, it is like you read a book. You read the book and after some time you get the content of the book. Latest after reading the book 10 times, you have the, you, you understood the message from the book. But now it's possible you put away the book. The container is not necessary anymore because the message has also went into, let's say, your system. Yeah? So it's not necessary to carry the book still in your backpack wherever you are going. It has become part of you already. Unless you are collecting knowledge without putting this knowledge into practice. I think something we spoke about a lot actually, but never put this terminology on it, and I don't, I don't know if you know of it by this terminology, but the law of attraction and how to use the law of attraction to manifest things into reality. I heard about this terminology before, the law of attraction. I don't know necessarily how you would define it, but as I understand it, in a way it is about 
let's say how to make something manifest that you want. If this is the case, then for me, starting very easily again, it starts with the smallest area inside of yourself. It starts with the smallest aspect. Let's just take it as the world of thoughts. But the world of thoughts is not graspable. The only one who knows about it is yourself. So wanting to manifest something is now the question, how can you start expressing what you feel deep inside of yourself in such a way that the world of forms start to mirror it. And so what you again therefore want is, it's about harmony. You actually want that something which is sitting inside of you gets into direct resonance with what we have available on the outside. And I don't think there is a magic formula for this. What I know is that 100% hard work helps. Simple like this. So I wouldn't say that just think about it, just make your wishful thinking, just make your prayers, depending on what type of prayers. But having something that you really want, spending your time to already manifest it in the mind as good as you can, meaning make it feelable. Make your thought already start to go into the area of you can feel it. You can feel it, how it has entered your life. This is already a first step of, okay, now it's not just thinking about it, now you even feel it. It maybe is not there material-wise, but you can sense already what type of an energy and in, in, in which type of fluctuation within the flow of life actually that wish would put you. Okay. So that means you visualize something maybe or you go into deep prayer about this thought that you have. Okay. This is what I regard as being a prayer. It's not just talking words. It's about diving in and trying to create that feeling calling up, cultivating that thought that it really starts to become feelable. So this is one of the initial steps. What we have right now is what you are thinking and what you're feeling already starts to be still in harmony. Okay. And now practice and continuously and with patience. Stay with it. If it's important to you, stay with it. Keep on cultivating it slowly, slowly, but give yourself some time. Everything that happens too quickly, which is changing the status quo too quickly, first of all, it's not helpful for us and it most of time is also destructive. But if you really want something, I think this is the way. Slowly, steadily, wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly meaning what? There is no doubt there. You are not doubting it. 
there's no doubt it just means it hasn't manifested like in the way that it's right in front of the eyes but just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there but why so pure-heartedly because only the heart is the one that is let's say connecting us humans together only the heart is like that area that i would regard as giving the possibility of connecting the heart is like the highest instrument if you would say like this the highest antenna to spread out the connection and if you are sending from the heart the signals out to the universe that there is something that that there is something you would like to receive i think the best way to express it is when it comes from the heart so that means because you already have it inside of you because the heart is the magnet because it's magnetic that's why it pulls that's why it pulls yeah i express it now again maybe a little bit fluffy again but it attracts the energy which is surrounding all of us to finally manifest what thought what emotion and what feeling and what wish and desire you have inside of that heart it's pulling it towards you and this is why now when energy strong energy starts to come into your life well in order for something to be created we need a lot of energy so the ultimate question is always if you want to manifest something into your life you need energy for that and what is the highest energy in this universe that we have some people call it sexual energy or it is love it is the energy that carries the potential to create life this is normally what happens when two people come together and then go into a partnership go into a bond and create out of love new life there is no other energy that can create new life two people hate each other how they create new life two people are jealous amongst each other how they create life no there's only one thing and so law of attraction or however it's called i think it is based upon these type of thoughts i don't know specifically but once you are the magnet you're pulling something towards you this goes for all the positive things that you feel during the day or what you're cultivating but especially like the negative and i think even yeah maybe if you are constantly thinking about worried about fearful about something this fear already went so strong that you feel it on a daily basis and then you're wondering why it happens this is also that sentence about the how you call it the self-fulfilling prophecy so self-fulfilling prophecy law of attraction for me i think they belong to the same category right now 
It's just when we talk about attraction, we relate it a little bit more to something that's a positive, because people most of the time want to attract something positive. Nobody wants to attract something negative. But if it is negative, well, then it's a prophecy. It's the same. Both of these things coming somehow from the same principle that makes this possible to happen. The yin and the yang. Electric, magnetic. One spreading outwards, one pulling towards. The forces of the universe. The forces upon which our existence, our way of thinking, our way of feeling, our way of acting, our way of behaving is always, always and always based upon. You talk, you bring the message out, you send something out. You send something out, yeah, other people receive it. Some people are electric, other people become magnetic. And this is that constant idea, of course I talk in pictures, but as soon as you are able to relate something about your life to this duality, then you know, okay, you are embedded into this way of life as well. You are part of all of this. So it makes sense to figure out for yourself what is there more. Okay? Then also now, duality is like the very beginning, yeah? It's like yin and yang, this is what people know. Easy way also, now you have the symbol right in front of you. On the one side, the black half fish, on the other side, the white half fish. And now you draw a cross right with a, through the circle. So you have four areas right now. And there, what do you see? There is a small black area and a large black area. There's a small white area and a white and a large white area. Where the large white area ends, the small black one begins and vice versa. So the message is, there is not just duality. If you now dive deeper into it, you even see different transition phases. This is now the next step. There is a transition happening in the moment you are reaching a certain, a certain valley or a certain peak. If you have reached the top of the mountain, there's only one direction where it will go. Once you know this, once you can sense it in your own life, in your different life areas, how is it uh, professional-wise, in your professional life? Where are you standing? Do you have the feeling you are like in small growing mode? Are you already in super high expansion? In which state are you already, relation-wise? physical-wise, mental-health-wise. No matter, there are so many areas where you can actually relate this model now to. But it just gives you an additional idea that, first of all, what is most probable to happen next or what are the possibilities that can happen next. Yes, And this is now the part where philosophy, 
old teachings, I think, can be used for application, but not for knowing. So knowing these things and being able to talk years long about what the philosophy behind it is good. These are so-called professors maybe, but the main part is to find a way to relate all of these teachings into your life. You are the one who is supposed to benefit from these teachings. The ones that wrote it, the ones that delivered all of this, they're not here anymore in this world. They left it here in case they left it for you to get the message and make it better than them maybe did it. That's the reason why normally you want to leave something in this world in order to, let's say, support the upcoming generations to not go through all the mistakes and challenges and, and difficulties you might have, uh, you might had to face. So it's always about your life. It's never about blindly following something just because somebody told you to follow. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Today's video was sponsored by Huel, a quick, affordable, nutritionally complete source of food with everything that your body needs. When I fly around the world to do these documentaries, when I threw, flew out to the Shaolin Temple Europe to make this project with my film crew, it's very difficult to get a nutritionally complete source of food with everything, my protein, uh, nutrients, all that kind of stuff from a great source and it's hard to find that. So to know that I can reach in my bag and grab a bottle of Huel as a plant-based athlete and somebody who's got a really busy life has been an absolute game changer. So if you want to find out more, head to the link in the description where you can find their meals, uh, their drinks, their protein, all that kind of great stuff with the link down below. But let's dive back into this amazing episode with Master Shahangi. One of the, mo the points you made about climbing the mountain, and I think with the, the, more, the more you shine, the more shadows you cast, climbing the mountain and um, being at the top and it being lonely or on the way up there, the higher you get, the lonelier it gets. We've had a lot of people reach out and ask how you personally have tolerated loneliness in your life when you've been on these sort of journeys. I spend most of the time, also physical-wise, I spend most of the time alone, okay? So when I, I wake up alone and maybe when I eat breakfast, I get my plate, I sit alone. When I do my office work, um, I do all of that alone. I am used to actually being alone. First of all, just out of the fact, I want to stay with myself. I need my mental space sometimes. Because I just think that, that there is really not much to talk about. Yeah. I try to just... I don't think I can get answers by hearing somebody talk or myself talking. I get to my personal truth by sensing, by opening myself up to what is. That's why when there are too many people in the room and everybody is 
bringing out his ideas, his or her ideas. For me, it's already, well, but that's not, that's not it. Because once something pops up, your attention goes here. No, I think it, it's already here without words being said. Okay, so this is like just for my personal practice why I prefer to remain alone. When then I even start my training, which then I also take serious, then 100% the focus is upon the training also. So, which means that one is also alone. Now, in the way when I say alone, I don't really mean it's something bad. It's just that it's different what you might consider. Um, it's different. And for me, it really belongs to that, to that paradox. You want to reach a lot of people, I think you do it alone. It's ultimately going to somehow end up like this. Because nobody can understand you yet. Nobody can follow up like on the nobody can follow up on the path that you have walked in order to make you being able to stand there and speak out. If they would have, they would stand right next to you doing the same, coming to the same conclusion that this is the way how to share things. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to answer to that question actually. Being alone for me is not a is not a big issue. It's just people maybe should know this goes hand in hand. Why I can now share out things like this? Why do I have this insight into in in the martial art or into anything? Because I spent more than the average person in staying with the practice. So when other people go out and meet friends and make party, I stay with myself and do my breathing exercise. Just like this, okay? Or I do my forms, or I do anything that my masters uh, taught me. So, and so ultimately, when it also comes to like personal development, there is that the main work must be done for you by yourself. Um, we've spoken about the being conscious and having awareness and being in the moment. I, I, I absolutely love that conversation. But I, I also wanted to explore with you the subconscious and how, how to master the subconscious. It means, or it is called subconscious. Because it is at such a deep layer that even if you are very aware and very conscious, you still don't have direct, let's say, access to it. It is in the same way, like right now we are sitting inside of here, being very conscious. What is still happening on another layer is just for an example, that our bodies right now are in exchange with the air that is inside of this room. 
what type of air is inside of the room, depending on what type of rooftop we maybe have inside of the room, depending on what type of paint has been put upon these walls, what type, what type of incense sticks were lighted up inside these rooms, finding themselves now their, their, their flavor inside the curtains. So already being right now sitting over here, there are many, many things happening in a, on a level we don't have influence on. Even if we would be conscious about it, but we can be conscious about it, but we don't have influence on. And in the same way, this is what also relates very, very much again to this concept of the karma, of cause and effect. You can have effect on everything that you consciously do. But everything that also unconsciously came into your life, this of course also has an effect on what you are capable of achieving or where your path is leading to. It's just, it's such a deep layer where I think the majority of people, including myself, still it's a big question mark. Okay. What helps in the first place, I think, is again the realization there are these layers that are existing. You can be aware, you can be conscious, you can take care of everything you think, you feel, you do, and the way how you like behave. But there are just things going on every second, every minute since your lifetime where we have no influence on. And they have still a very high impact upon us. Already the fact of when we were born, what did our parents eat a month, a week, a year before they, our mother became pregnant? It's not in the field of our influence anymore, but it is 100% something that mirrors inside of us. Okay, so that means there are so many things which come together that makes it ultimately impossible. Impossible to, to try even for a hundred percent to, how I say, to pre-assume what's going to happen next. Also like very nice, just yesterday I, I had this view or I had this conversation like there was a grill and there you saw like the the flames with all the the, the small sparks f flying around. There is no technology that can predict where the sparks will appear. It is as it is the fire. Yeah, the, the sparks they just appear wherever. It's impossible to predict anything about this. And sometimes life is like this. You can light the fire and say, okay, here I'm going to place the fire. Yeah, but what happens next, you can't. Because this fire, this nature, somehow also has a life by its own. Yeah, which means you can stand right next to the fire, yeah, but sometimes that spark hit you, sometimes it doesn't hit you. It's not predictable. 
uh, this was a question that actually came in quite frequently over the last year is um, how do you heal the body, especially of like chronic illnesses? Again, uh, before I answer to this question, I'm not a healer, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medic. But if I feel there is something about myself which is chronical, from somewhere it must come. Something must have been in the way of my life, in the way of my bringing up, in the way of how I grew up, that made it manifest more and more and more into my life until now it has become actually a part of my being. Some, there is some process, process which was leading to this fact. So, if I would like to readjust something about this, readjust something about the consequence that happened, meaning I have something chronical, my idea is I need to see the whole line of what caused this one. And there we are just entering again, diving into again, diving into your personality, diving into your preferences, diving into your suffering, diving into your tragics, diving into the dramas, diving into all the conflicts you had, diving into the loved ones, all of these things. And maybe there you will discover how it came. If you want to solve a problem, you need to know where the problem is located. So number one is discover, analyze first of all, where could it come from? So. Once you have maybe an indication and already starting to see, ah, okay, this is the line. Still it means maybe you know, but you don't necessarily have the abilities now to make these things be released. And this is now where it comes to the area I have no experience on, I have to say, but into the area of spiritual healers or any type of healers that have the power, let's say, in doing something that you can't do. You know, but you can't do. So therefore now it's sometimes good to have somebody who knows how to do it. Okay, and then I think things are possible. And who are these people who possess so-called spiritual power? It's the ones that their life is completely based upon spiritual practices, of course. You want to become proficient in the field of spirituality? Well, makes sense also to learn and investigate and live in this world. That's why these people have become so fine and do things that we sometimes cannot do. And it might be that then the chance pops up. You really want to get rid of it. You do the work then maybe you meet the people that have the capacity. Yes, something like this happens in this world. But you must want it first. 
if you don't ask the question, how do I get rid of this? Nobody's going to give you an answer. If you start to, for the how, then if you start with the how, merge together with the willingness of the heart, with the pure heartedness of wanting to receive the healing, I think it's possible. Uh, this one kind of tacks onto that a little bit. Um, but I feel like knowing you and your physical capabilities, that you have some kind of process for, for doing this for yourself. But is there a way to slow aging or to feel and be youthful later in life? Yes, I think one, one way, for example, for you just to see. Take a sheet of paper once again and write down everything that as a child that you can observe on your child. Write down the attributes that you would say these are qualities of being still young, of still being a child. Carelessness. Spontaneity. Yeah. Just, just doing. And then you write down all the attributes that makes a serious businessman. <laughs> or whatever you think. That makes an adult. Everything very precise, structured. I don't know, it's different. You write this down. And so you have a list about all those two things. Compare it now for yourself. Where do you identify yourself with? So where do you see yourself in within the last week? How much did you do spontaneous things? How much did you laugh out of nothing? How much like did you express, let's say, your emotions? How often did you put on a mask because you wanted to have something? And just like this, it mirrors right in front of the eyes where you yourself are at the moment located. So, and if you want to become more adult, then it means you're going to get old. And if you want to stop aging, you better engage more again into everything that was standing there on the first column. The one thing that was never depleting energy, it is the one where energy is just being expressed through you. Nothing got stuck inside of you. Things getting stuck is when we become adult and start to have very preoccupied mindsets and preoccupied goals about how and where this life is supposed to lead to. Goal-oriented. Everything must have like a sense. For the child sometimes there's no big sense behind it. He just feels like doing it, he does. It's free expression of whatever comes up. It's like when you meet people. There is some intuition you can have about people. And it goes quite quickly, whether you are able to then afterwards deal with them or not. You right away, once we get close, you feel my chemistry. I can smell your chemistry, so sad, and you can smell mine. It goes very, very quick. So, but this is something which means that already our first 
encounter gives us an indication of what to do or what not to do. Yes, and, and something like this is like still when you are a child. If that overwhelming joy comes, comes towards you, you directly just express it. Because it's there, the energy of the joy is there, boom, you express it. It's just now that once we start to grow up, then sometimes we start to suppress things. Because it's not the right setting right now to express, even if you sense it. Yeah. So this is why. Why do we age? Because you are not allowing life to throw just through you. You are starting to select what you would like to keep about life. So you walk through this, and, oh, this I like, and this no. So like this, yeah. You start to preoccupy yourself with something. This is why less and less and less life is actually running through you. So, and that is the process of living and dying. Only to be formless, everything can still come. Only when you're formless, everything can still come. If you stay a stone, you stay a stone. I have to go on to the uh, Bruce Lee quote after that. So one, you know, one of the things, it, the I think we had it printed on a poster when we were younger was "Empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, be like water, my friend." That is a nice interview, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that particular interview and the quote of you know, being like water, being formless, being shapeless. This interview, this particular, actually, when I saw it the first time, I really liked his expression about it. Yeah, his facial expression also while saying these quotes. And knowing that he also comes from the field of martial artists, and when I see the way how he's moving, the way how he's training, that's what it's about. This is why I'm saying, you know, all of these things, also what Bruce Lee said before, it must be there already in order for somebody to talk about it. That's why even this quote, yes, it is being, it was transmitted through the words of Bruce Lee, through his being, but he just expressed something that he discovered along his personal way how to bring out the proper understanding about your physicality and your mental aspects. And nowadays it's the same. The principle about how to properly develop your life, your body, your mind, it has also remained the same. You're fool, nothing fits in there anymore. You're stuck, okay, you can't move on. It's too heavy. You put too much in your backpack, it's difficult to climb anywhere. And this is the point about why formlessness is the beginning of everything. It's not matter-based. Um, I mean, another 
amazing quote and conversation we had last time, but I'd just love to dive into more detail. And this is something I've quoted to our team, to through other interviews I've done, like I, I speak about this, and it, you were the first person who kind of brought it to us, was demon hand, but heart. And the idea of having the energy to be able to take and to be able to um, almost attack, but also have do it from the the point of the the Buddha's heart, you know, the good a good place, and the combination of the two, how it leads to great things. I I've tried to articulate it many times, but I'd love to hear you talk about it some more. Depending on where you are finding yourself in this lifetime, you can simply interpret this type of saying in different ways. Martial art field. Let's start like this. There are exercises, there are training methods that are starting to really develop your hand in such a way it looks demonic. In order for your hand afterwards to look like that, first of all, it's a hard training, also connected with very, very special methods. But what afterwards are you doing with this hand? Well, you just need to touch. You just need to scratch. You just need to have contact. And the result is, let's say, devastating for the other person. Okay? But possessing meaning possessing this type of power to determine about life and death of a person. Let's say it like this. Yeah? Right now, I'm in old age China. I'm in the world of legends. So possessing on the one side this type of power without having a moral or ethical codex of using this weapon, let's say, for the sake of humanity is deadly. Therefore, the proper balance would be possessing the weapon, possessing this hand, but merged together with the heart, with the qualities of what Buddhist teachings are propagating. Compassion. We are connected. That means now you are having, you're having a combination which even nowadays I think is super useful. Not the deadly part, but the part of you can do manual work. That's super basic. You are able to do manual work. Because of the manual work, because you are washing the dishes, because you touch the, the earth, because you are lifting the stones. That's why your hand become more, more harsh, more hard than just sitting in the office and typing. So, demon hand, Buddha heart, is also an expression for to keep something to keep some manual abilities in your life not just thinking emotional abilities in your life yeah, you know going too much into the esoteric field that 
we are all energy and it's just about the mind. Yes, of course, this is one part of the truth. The other one is still that right now I, I have this body and you have yours. So there should be somehow a balance between the manual abilities that we are expressing with our body merged together with the power of the mind. And this is where I see also demon hand, meaning you, you are able to do hard work. You are able to push yourself, because without pushing yourself you won't get the demon hand. Yeah? This is one type of expression. And the other one, when it comes back again to training, You can't see the proper light <laughs> if you have never indulged in the very, very deepest dark times. Demon for me also is not negative. It's just something that you usually don't want to dive into when something like this appears. But it's part of this life. There is no way to run around. So to, to embrace the darkness, one and one, goes hand in hand with on the other side appreciating the light when it comes. Yes, And once you have understood that darkness and light are both part of you, and you even start to cultivate it, because you cultivate the darkness, you cultivate the force of being able to... You cultivate the force of being able to do terrible things, but you don't do it. That only means you are expanding, again, your potential. This is about potential. It's not you have to use it, but it's better to have it than to need it. Yeah, and so this is again for me now, literally, yeah, there is like something, you could also say there is something animalistic about you. There is something instinct driven about you. There is something that wants to survive about you. There is something that is like very individually based about you. And then there's also something about you which is connecting the people. There's something loving about you. There's something compassionate about you. But all of these things belong to one and, in, and the same metal. It's just that this specific sentence now, demon hand, Buddha heart, also has its foundation really in ancient China when there really was the method of developing meaning having training methods to cultivate your hand in such a way it becomes poisonous. Yeah, Demon hand also meaning training methods. You saw people know hitting the sand. If you start hitting the sand often, often, often you will realize that your nails are starting to change. Yeah, the thickness of your nails starts to take a different shape the amount of, how you call this, little bit hard, hard skin, you know, when it like sickens up the skin itself. So this is all a process of when you continuously do different type of methods. 
So your, your hand literally starts to change. It's not going to look nice anymore. That's why the people refer to it as demon hand. Okay? Sometimes people did this type of training so intensively that the hand becomes really dark. Dark blue, the nails almost become black. So, and if somebody with such a hand starts to just scratch you, well, then you just have start to have a very, very, um, how do you call it? Infection. You're going to get infected. The place where you're being scratched is just starting to get infected. And if before that your hand, before you go into battle, because you go wherever, you even put it in some poison, well, then you have an open wound which is infected and at the same time poison entering into your body. Finished. So, I mean, now I, I have my movie. The funny part is, this happened in this life. This is where these methods come from. And the demon hand is one of these ancient Shaolin practices which existed. Yeah. You said um, in life to, to be the light, you have to have experienced the darkness. Uh, why? Because it, 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 feels, it feels cruel that the people who are there to spread light and help other people have to experience such dark times in their own lives. I cannot tell you why. I just realized about, first of all, my life, but also watching in my surroundings that ever since we have been born, also our grandfathers and grandmothers, everybody is facing dark times. So first of all, I do not think it is possible to get born into this world not facing dark times. So already by observing this, it's not the search for removing dark times out of my life. Because I think it's not a question of if you can have them or not. You will have them for sure. Now, in order to not get stuck in these dark times, this is now where it comes to, okay, have trust, build yourself up, prepare yourself, and be confident enough that once these dark times comes, you have still an image, a vision, why, why they came to your life. It is to make something about you expand, because nobody likes the darkness. The only thing that can dissipate this darkness is when the light starts to come back. And maybe this is our job. Maybe this is what it's supposed to be. Why it is about, also called enlightenment. Why it is about bringing out the light. Because nobody wants to remain in darkness. Because it's lonely there. But being connected, being seen in a way also, being recognized, knowing that there are others as well, 
well, it's a different feeling. I think I'll finish on this one because it's something we'd, we've mentioned um, today. And I have this overwhelm, I've had this overwhelming feeling this year that the state of the world is just, it just doesn't feel great at the moment, especially with the, what we were talking about, the polarizing opinions. And, and then there's, you know, there's all these new wonderful things that are shaking up the world, like artificial intelligence is coming in, AI, um, which is a force for good sometimes for us. And it's, it's, you know, it's been a helpful tool, but also it begs loads of different questions. And there's all these things and it feels almost quite um, uh, a bit of a tumble dryer to be, to be living and experiencing in this world. I think, and I don't think it's, just for me or my brothers and sisters, I think a lot of people feel that way at the moment. Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion on s some aspects of, of that, but also how, you know, maybe we should navigate it. Is it a season of, is it a season of the earth, the human race? Is it, a, you know, is it, is it something that will pass? And um, yeah, I'd love, love to hear your thoughts on it. So disclaimer right in the front, I am expressing really my view upon these things. I'm not expecting anyone to, <laughs> to, nobody must share exactly the same way of how I think, but. Everything's turning. In my body, I see cyclic movement. On the earth, I see cyclic movement. In the universe, I see cyclic movement. So cyclic movement is part of my perspective, how I look upon things. Then, in a way, you have, let's say, periods or sections, meaning you can have a 24-hour period, you can have a 365-day period, you can have a three-month cycle, you can have a nine-month cycle, you can have a 12-month cycle, you can have a thousand-year cycle, you can have a 50,000-year cycle, you can have cycles that go beyond the life of a single human. Now, already within 24 hours, you can find again, there might be even four sections that even the 24-hour day you can see 365 days. Also there you see there can be different seasons. And now expanding this thought into wider perspectives. For me, it is very realistic that also our solar system, that also the Earth by itself is going through different cycles including everything that is happening inside our, let's say, inside our universe. So the next thought is that the quickest way for us humans to change something about our energy, I mentioned it before, lifestyle, diet, breathing. Inside the field of lifestyle, I said spending time outside. Why? Yeah, because of the sun. Because in my world, no sun, no life on earth. 
Why? Because everything here on the earth is the receiving part of the light. We need the warmth. We need the heat. We need the energy that the sun is giving us. And if it is right, but I have no reason to doubt it. Oh, it's nice. Actually, when early morning or late evening, if you have the possibility and your eyes are not too sensitive, early morning or late evening, you do sun gazing. You watch straight into the sun. And after some time, you realize that around the sun, if you watch long enough, you will see black-white fluctuation around the sun. Very quickly, like a gyroscope, I don't know how to say. Very quickly, black-white, black-white, black-white. So there is something... It's constantly changing. There's something constantly changing over there. It's never the same. So at the same time, there are cycles of the sun when he starts to burst out some of his rays, some of heat, some of his radiation or, or the heat, which means the amount of energy right now that is reaching us humans, that is reaching our planet, also can be different. And so there is a period when we have this amount of energy reaching the earth and suddenly we have another period where somehow there is extraordinary much of energy reaching the earth. It's out of question for me that these two, um, these two circumstances have different outcomes. Something is different on that earth when this happens. Okay, so, and now relating all of this to what is happening globally. Of course, I also only know it from the media or I know it from people that I'm spending time with. First of all, I don't really trust media directly, let's say. So at least I want to have more sources, also from different countries, besides that fact. But on the other side, There is a shift. I feel that there is a shift coming or not coming. We're already right inside the transition. So, and how do, how do I handle this now, for example, for me personally or for everyone who is involved in all of this. Whatever goes on in the world, whatever is policies are being introduced into the world, whatever agenda is being proposed, if the consequence is separation, is I know already my answer. We don't need more separation. Is, it's just not the way. Everything is complex already. To make things becoming more complex, more complicated. I don't think so. So therefore, whatever it is, I always try to the people, the surroundings that I have influence on, keep them 
aligned. Keep everything about yourself aligned. Stay in unity. Stay in harmony with yourself. Create it with yourself first. And if you have the feeling the world is running out of order and you think you're intelligent enough to figure out what the missing link is that the world needs, you do it first. You now invest your lifetime and cultivate it first because we cannot bring something into the world that we don't have. And I told you, maybe you remember before, I told you, I think since many years, uh, I didn't have really serious internal conflicts. Right now I have serious internal conflicts being displayed maybe like this in the world. There are serious conflicts out there. But exactly because it is there right now, now I can finally put all the words also into action. So I see it as a practice. And if people ask me, look, three, four, five years ago, it looked different. You seem to be in harmony. The world also didn't have Corona, had COVID yet. And now, a few years later, I find myself in some disbalance and I see the world in disbalance. Okay, that fits to me. And so when is it going to change? When is the world going to change? I think when everybody slowly, slowly comes back into balance again. Not just me. Everything you discover in your life right now, where you feel there's a challenge, solve this one. You solve yours, I solve mine. And then afterwards, I think, when we look out, something has changed there. There's just uh, two, two short questions I want to ask off the, off the back of that. Um, a man that I admire, Elon Musk, he, um, in, in that talk about truth, he is fighting for it with X at the moment, his, his formerly known as uh, Twitter, and the way his fight for the truth and his absolute um, resistance of the media. I, I personally think it's absolutely admirable, but I wanted to ask you sort of your opinion on that fight that Elon Musk is doing and also the importance of truth itself. So I haven't exactly followed up on uh, what is going on, for example, with Elon Musk. Okay. Of course, I know that being a person with, let's say, so much influence also, of course, he's exposed to, to different critics. It, this, is so, this is number one, which goes hand in hand with it. I have never met him personally. I sometimes watch his interviews. I can see what he has done technological-wise and has created for possibilities for humanity. And everyone somehow who right now in a way receives so many critics, what they all have in common is one thing for sure. It's like they are all, these are all characters. They are all their own characters. And this is also the special part where I think he's not afraid to express who he is 
and he has his vision of how he wants to contribute now to this world. And this is for me the important part why, in a way, just from the fact of knowing him from this distance, um, it's impossible to create something like this without some certain guidelines and principles in lifetime. And therefore, this is what I respect about him. Then at the same time, merging all of this with the mission to bring more truth to the people. It is for me like people that are interested in, uh, in extraterrestrial activities, they have a person now they can look up to and receive the knowledge that he is gaining along this path. And then there are other people who are also wanting to grow and they make it through the field of other things. Through the field in my case, of, yeah, they like Shaolin, they like martial arts. I tell you this story from my side. You want to have it, let's say, from another area which is maybe more, let's say, uh, scientifically based, psychologically based. Well, perfect one, Dr. Jordan B. Patterson perfect one. But these are all such unique personalities in a way. Separate the message from the messenger. And you will find out that all of them, there is so much truth behind it. That's all at the end that I have to say about them. This this is the last one that's uh, it's, it's on the back of it's goes the same for Jordan Peterson as well, yourself and Elon Musk. And it was a quote that he said, that Elon said, it was, nobody wants to actually be me. They all think they do, but they don't actually want to be me. Wearing this uniform, having my head shaved, looking looking like a monk, but not being a monk. Oftentimes then people mirror the idea upon me that I must have a very peaceful life, meditating the whole day long and actually feeling, um, how I say, feeling careless or I don't know how to express it. But there is a difference for me between how did I get to the point being able to express what I'm expressing since many years? How do I get to this point? And the way why I could express right now all these things is because the path to peace was not peaceful. The path in reaching so many different people was not it started with a big group already. It's, it came to this because of balance. The balance of having so many years of just walking this path alone, alone and still continuously walk alone. Just, be, just because I'm talking to, to thousands and thousands of people, just because uh, there's a huge audience, it still doesn't mean you're not lonely. 
It just means there are people who listen. But in order for not to be lonely, it's not about talking. It's about sensing, it's about feeling. Okay? And, yeah, and because of this prejudice sometimes that people have, that even if I'm living inside a community and everything maybe looks like beautiful, yes, but many people here have these skills that they have because we are used of being lonely. And if somebody lives in this world and wants to have a family and wants to, I don't know, and wants to express himself in a different way, along this way, it's going to be lonely. And this is why I can understand from different perspectives now, why are these people one amongst of so many of the 8 billion people that we have in the world. Why just a few of them? Because they did something very different than the rest of the people. And what is this, what they do differently? The investment of their life. They have invested their energy, their lifetime into something different that nowadays then expresses as what they are, as what I am. So, and I'm telling you, in order to become what I am today, um, it's not many people who would like consciously to do it. Simple like this. An old era is about to come to an end. A new era is about to come. This is worldwide happening. It's happening inside our monastery. It's happening inside of me people that are unwilling, unable, maybe incapable of adapting to the coming changes. It is simple like this, they will stay with the old world which is about to end.